Today we are going to speak on seeing with your understanding. John 5 verse 19 says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatsoever things he sees the Father do, so the Son does likewise. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us from God. If we have accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour and been baptised in the Holy Spirit, then we may come to God and know the things that are freely given to us by God. How do we access heaven? By learning to enter his presence. That is access to heaven. Now there are three steps in the old tabernacle that God gave Moses in the wilderness. The outer court was for the sacrifice of animals, mostly sheep and goats, for the forgiveness of sin. But the moment Jesus died on the cross, he became the perfect sacrifice. Hebrews 9, 11-14 says, But Christ being came on the high priest of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purification of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So the first step is through the cross by asking the Lord to forgive anything that we have done wrong. We can then go into the inner court. The Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is where we thank the Lord for what he's done for us and praise him for who he is. There are three bits of furniture in the inner court which deals with the areas of our soul. So the outer court dealt with our physical body, the flesh and sin. We enter the veil that represents Jesus rising from the dead. Now the Lord deals with our soul. At the table of showbread, 
It is our will that needs to be submitted to God. At the candlestick, it is our mind and intellect that needs to be submitted to God. And at the table of incense, it is our emotions that need to be submitted to God. So, it's not what I want, but what God wants. Not what I think, but what God thinks. Not what I feel, but what God feels. Now, this is very, very important. Because as we yield our soul to the Lord in unconditional joyful surrender, we are able to enter into the spirit realm. And the spirit realm, that curtain represents Jesus' ascension into heaven. So we have to put aside what is inside us to receive from God what he wants to give us, which is far, far greater than what we give to him. That has been the secret of the ministry that God's given me. I know I can't do it, but I know God can. So I don't just believe in miracles. I rely on miracles. Because when God says he's going to do something, I know he's going to do something. And as long as I obey him, the miracle will happen. God does it. God confirms what he's told me to do with his signs and wonders following. Wow. So, I want to explain this a little bit more. So yes, in the soul area, this is where we pray for our families and friends and country. But the, the other dimension, the other room, the Holy of Holies, in the Old Testament, the priests would only enter into the Holy of Holies once a year. But the moment Jesus died on the cross, the curtain of the Holy of Holies was torn top to bottom, allowing every one of us into the glorious presence of God. And we know it when we enter in. God's presence and love enfolds us. His peace that passes all understanding fills our hearts and his inner joy that cannot be compared with anything on earth overflows with fulfillment in him. And this is the beginning of the most glorious relationship with our Father in heaven so that all eternity will not see any end to our growing in it. And this is where true worship starts. This is the place that becomes central to our whole being here on earth and for all eternity. And for me, this has become my home. When my daughter Rebecca used to come home, the first thing she did is rush in, put her bags in her room, and then she'd run into the lounge after a couple of hugs, put the TV on and curl up in the city and fell asleep. She had come home. She was tired after a busy day at school. Now at home she can rest. And in the same way I feel like Rebecca often when I come into God's presence. And the first thing I like to do is simply rest in his presence and enjoy him. That is where there's rest. 
let's look at Matthew 11, verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of the Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father save the Son, and he to whoever the Son will reveal him. When we come to know the Father through Jesus, who reveals the Father to us, who have received Jesus as Lord and Saviour, Jesus invites us in the next verse, Matthew 11, 28-30, Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, the first thing I do in God's presence is rest, and I find such rest in Him. He calms me. He takes my tiredness and restores me, and I enjoy His glorious presence. I then begin to worship and adore Him, and this draws me in further. And it's then that the Father begins to reveal things to me and opens the eyes of my understanding to see in Scripture and in Him things I've never seen before. Ephesians 1, 17-21 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is, a, is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The scripture says so much. But right now, I want to discuss the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. I asked the Lord to explain this to me, and this is what he showed me. Our natural eyes give us understanding to what is around us. The blind cannot see or understand what is around them, so they will have to feel their way and feel the different shapes for their mind to understand what they are touching. Eyes will clearly reveal to us what is around us. But even so, our eyes are limited. We cannot see through a wall or into a person's heart or into the future. But when God opens the eyes of our understanding, we will see far more clearly than the eyes in our heads. For we will see with the understanding of heaven because God himself will open the scriptures to us and show us depths we have never seen before. He will show us how he sees the problems in the world and show us our part in bringing the good news that will relieve the people's problems. 
He will show us many things and allow us to see what He is doing. Once in prayer, I had a split-second vision of Jesus pointing me to the Father. I turned towards Jesus, where Jesus was pointed and found myself in a white mist. I could see nothing. I could hear nothing. But what I felt changed my life forever. I felt just one tiny drop of God's immense love mixed with terrible sorrow for the peoples of this earth and I burst into tears. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I repeated over and over. What else could I do? For the pain of God's intense love mixed with sorrow was too much for me to bear. And then he showed me there are millions of people who have never heard the name of Jesus simply because there are no roads to their village. He showed me Africa with their little mud hut villages and little paths that a car cannot even go on. Miles and miles away in the bush, these villages have not been reached by Jesus because it's too far for the missionaries to walk. And then he showed me the West, where millions of people choose their own personal lifestyles rather than receiving Jesus and Lord and Saviour. And we see it all around us, especially at this moment. Just watch the news. I was still repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. After all, what could I do about it? And I'm only a girl. And then I'm still crying. I said, could God be asking me to do something? And I said, Lord God, I promise you that this, from this moment on and for the rest of my life, I will go and preach your gospel anywhere that you send me. And I will encourage your church in the West to rise up and do the same and send out missionaries. And I know that Father God accepted my promise. For the next second in the vision, I was following Jesus up a steep hill. I was puffing to try and keep up with him. And as I followed, keeping my eyes fixed on his white garments, afraid to look left or right, but keeping totally focused on him, the path became narrower and steeper with more boulders to climb over on the way and I struggled even more to keep up as Jesus walked so at ease in front of me. We finally reached the top of the hill where Jesus sat down on a beautiful white marble rock and I panted still tearful from my experience with the Father and I knelt down by his side. I now had to take my eyes off him in order to bow my head down onto the cold marble rock to worship him. And as my head touched the white rock, I came out of the vision. My life totally changed. I had a mission ahead of me, given to me by the Father and by Jesus. And yes, the road is getting steeper as the ministry grows larger and larger. But as I keep my eyes focused on Jesus day and night, I know I will keep up with him and the work that he has for me to do.
And the other wonderful thing is that I know one day when I reach his side and then bow my head down on that white rock, I will not come out of the vision, for this will be the end of my journey. I will be with him forever. Now this was a vision, yet daily we all need to come up into the Father's presence, for we can do nothing of ourselves. John the Baptist says in John, the book of John, we can receive absolutely nothing unless the Father gives it. And so we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus daily and he will show us what to do, teach us what to say and open our understanding more until we can truthfully say, I can do nothing of myself but only what I see my father doing for, for whatever he does, I will do. And this is all we need to do in serving God. For his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And as we see what God is doing and obey him, God himself confirms what he's told us to do with his signs and wonders following. And this is my aim. And I'm putting this into practice more and more, and so can you. Once on the plane to India, I said, Lord, I'm not going to do one thing on this trip unless you show me. And if you show me nothing, I will do nothing. The Lord did not even wait for the plane to land before he spoke to me. He said to me, you are not coming to India to preach or to teach but to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. You are to prepare my people to receive from me and I will do the rest. When I arrived, I found that my host could not speak one word of English and I could not speak one word of their language. Now I really had to wait on God as to where we were going, the needs of the people and for everything else. And the Lord showed me everything, what to say, which people he was going to heal, even what they looked like in advance. And the outcome was tremendous, for not even one moment was wasted. I connected with the people from the first sentence, and the response was wonderful. And after the sermon, I would look for the person who the Lord showed me in advance, and invited the person forward right to the platform and I would say the Lord wants to heal you tonight what would you like him to do for you I would like to see would come the answer I have not been able to see anything for seven years I tell her in two minutes you will be able to see and I then prayed over her eyes in Jesus' name, and within two minutes, she was reading all the posters on the church walls. She is healed, and all the people were rejoicing. This is a power of Jesus at work in our heads, 
midst, I tell the people, who would like to receive this Jesus as Lord and Saviour? And every hand goes up. I would lead them through the sinner's prayer. And then I say, all who are sick, lay your own hands on your sickness or your pain, and the Lord will heal you now. And when you are healed, put your hands high in the air, and within minutes every hand goes up. And we invite a few forward to testify before closing the meeting and watching a very excited crowd leave, praising their newfound Lord and Saviour. The Lord doesn't only allow us to see things concerning the ministry that he's given us. He is interested in us personally. The Lord will cares about even the smallest thing. Once the Lord says, I want to show you something. And I looked and the Lord showed me an incident from a very long time ago. And it took me a few minutes to be able to connect to a very familiar old looking tray which I made my mum and dad when I was five years old. It was really scrappy. It had little bits of paper stuck to it with glue. I said, Lord, that was the first thing I ever made at school for my mum and dad. I remember sticking these colourful pieces of paper to that and that the teacher had cut out for me to make a pattern on the tray. The teacher then varnished it and gave it to me to take home. And that tray soon became old and tatty as the papers began to peel through the varnish as it was in our home for some years. And suddenly the Lord said, I remember that too. You were there, Lord? And you remember that? This was something that happened before I even knew who Jesus was. And I'd long forgotten it. But Jesus remembers even things like that. And I was overwhelmed by his great love. And suddenly realized that every attempt, every effort to do something, even if no one else sees it or notices it, is remembered by our Lord God. He cares for us that much. Seeing with your understanding is also very practical. When I needed to do the plans for our holiday farm, I had to ask the Lord to show me how to build it. Not only did he help me see the building, what it should look like. He showed me the size of every room, the heights of the ceilings, the structure of the building, and even how the drainage was to work. And the building went up for less than a third of the price that had previously been quoted. And some time ago, I was in Africa, I was in uh, Nigeria, when uh, Wilfred phoned me. He says, there's a terrible leak coming through the ceiling of our disabled dormitory, and I don't know where the leak is coming from. And we'll have to take the ceilings down. I said, don't do anything. I will ask the Lord, phone me back soon, Wilfred, in about half an hour, because we have another camp coming on Friday. I went into prayer and asked the Lord about the leak. And after a little while, I saw in the spirit who you bend just below the shower. And I felt the Lord said, remove the three towels under the shower and you will see the leak. I phoned, Wilfred phoned, and I said, 
the Lord has shown me where the leak is. Just remove the three towels in our bathroom and the leak is in the U-bend directly under the shower. Wilfred went to do the job and found it exactly as I had told him. And the whole job was fixed in 15 minutes. And these are just a few of my experiences of living out of the eyes of our understanding. In John 5 verse 20, Jesus says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show you greater things than these that you may marvel. And here the Father speaks of greater works he will do through his Son Jesus as a result of showing things in prayer. And it's up to us to come into a relationship. Jesus absolutely loves you. And when we come into God's presence and we learn to live in God's presence and we can then rejoice in his presence because when we come from the outer court into the area of the soul in the inner court and yield our body, soul and spirit to God, our body through turning from sin and living in true righteousness, our soul in yielding him, our will, our mind and our emotions, we then open ourselves up to see what the Lord is doing. Then as we come out of prayer and do exactly what the Lord has shown us, God himself confirms what he has shown us by our obedience, by his signs and wonders following. Believing in miracles then becomes into a new level of relying on his miracles to spread the gospel because we know God will do it. We will lay hands on the sick and they will be instantly healed. We will see the Lord doing working miracles through our ministry and we will be able to walk in a greater faith than we've ever walked in. Not only that, when we start to live from the heavenly realm, we are entering the heavenly realm where we are going to live all eternity. For one day when our bodies die, we will not be able to live in the physical realm anymore because we will have stepped out of our bodies and through yielding our soul, our will, our mind and emotions, so our will, our mind and emotions, the soul, then is transferred into the kingdom of heaven in the spiritual realm where we will live forever and ever with Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? And if any of you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Say this prayer, Lord Jesus,
I come to you as I am. Please forgive me every sin I've ever done. I choose to follow you in truth and righteousness from this moment on. Thank you for forgiving me. Please come into my heart and life as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you and I will now hand back to our host.